anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune-in radio app, we are WRKN. 1061 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. Good morning, and welcome to the 28th year of the Three Tailgaters Show on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. The Three Tailgaters Show is presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. The Three Tailgaters Show is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics. And by Francesca's by Katie's in New Orleans, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. The Three Tailgaters are also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln, by LifeGate Church in Metairie, by Rhino Shield Mid-South, Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, Life Resources Ministries, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Promotional consideration is provided by Central City Barbecue on South Rampart Street, Venezia Restaurant on North Carrollton Avenue, Two Tony's Restaurant at West End, Fury's Restaurant in Metairie, Perrin's Restaurant in Harahan, Reginelli's Pizzeria with locations throughout the metro area, Ye Old College Inn on Carrollton Avenue, Messina's at the Terminal and Runway Cafe at Lakefront Airport, by Copeland's of New Orleans and Kenner at the Esplanade Mall, Desi Vega's Seafood and Steakhouse in Metairie, Chateau Cafe with locations in New Orleans and Kenner, Moe's Pizza in West Wego, Hooters Restaurants in Metairie and Gretna, Geo's Pizza and Spaghetti House in Metairie, Hobnobber Cafe in Metairie, Fat Boy's Pizza on Metairie Road, by Sirio's Pull Boys in Delhi on St. Charles Avenue, by That's Amore Pizzeria in Metairie, Bears Pull Boys on Causeway Boulevard at Metairie Road, Fury's Restaurant on Martin Berman in Metairie, and by Sunray Grill on Belchase Highway in Gretna. Now, here are your hosts of the Three Tailgaters Show, Ed Daniels, Sports Director of WGNO and WNOL, CrescentCitySports.com and the Clarion Herald, and Cumulus Radio New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club, Life Resources Ministries, and the Kenner Star. And a pleasant good morning and welcome to another edition of the Three Tailgaters Show here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and at NashFM1061.com. Our tune-in app available anywhere in the world for you to listen in via iHeart. Of course, you can always check us out via Alexa at home. If you can't pick up radio at home, just tell her what to play. She'll do it. You can email us at WGNO.com, Ken at CrescentCitySports.com. And, of course, you can also check out our podcast following the show through CrescentCitySports.com. Just click on podcast, click on the menu, click on more to do so. Call in at 504-260-1061. We'll talk about a number of things this morning, including a lot of football, of course, baseball with LSU in particular, and the draft, and, of course, the Pelicans and their summer league play. And we'll get into all of that. We'll talk to Lenny Van Gilder a little bit later in the show, but as always, my co-host and friend Ed Daniels of WGNO, CrescentCitySports.com. Of course, the Nash Icon, 106.1 FM, and the Clarion Herald joining us. Good morning, Ed. Hey, Ken. What's up, buddy? Well, I'm doing fine, and this is a busy morning. You have a very important and very nice event, first-time event going on as we speak right now. Talk about that, if you will. Well, it's the uh, Super Prep 7-on-7. Seven seven. We, uh, Coach Garrett Sashley and I and, I and, uh, and uh, a host of friends and family are uh, trying to put this thing together at uh, at 
Hoss Memphis and Joe Yenny Stadium. And um, this is our first year, and we have 21 teams involved. We hope to grow the event and make it one of the best seven-on-seven tournaments in the country. It's uh, been quite a learning experience. Uh, as you know, when you start something up new, there, there's always a, a, a ton of things to, to figure out, but we've had great participation. We appreciate all the local coaches who have made their teams available, and we hope to do it again. We are going to do it again next year in July, right around this time, or right before the summer break, and we're excited about it. Going on at Joe Yenny and Haas Memphis here as we speak, and public invited, can people watch? Yes, you can get in, and it's a $5 admission. So I think that's more than reasonable. Come on in, uh, watch the kids play football. It's uh, it, it's a uh, it's a big moment in the summer for uh, for all these young guys. as fall practice in August, and you get to see a lot of good teams. And you know we've got Carr, we've got Curtis, Warren Easton, uh, St. James, De La Salle. We've we've got a whole uh, Jesuit. We've got a, we've got a nice group of clubs who have been a part of this uh, event and. Like I said, we hope to grow it again next year. Well, that's great. Of course, that's taking place as we speak and going on at Joe Yenny Stadium and at Haas Memphis Stadium as well. Well, it's been an interesting week on many fronts. I guess, Ed, the Alvin Kamara saga, we can start there. And and I guess a sigh of relief as much as anything for Kamara and the people around him, given uh, that it was $100,000 in community service, that's uh, that is, uh, I think, probably the best result he could possibly have hoped for from the standpoint of legal issues, correct? Well, obviously, there was some communication between Alvin Kamara's attorneys and the uh, and the gentleman who had uh, filed the criminal charges and, and was going to file, apparently, a lawsuit. And uh, I think, you know, hopefully cooler heads have prevailed. Look, it's it's been a year and a half, and I'm sure there were some apologies made and, you know, I, I think it's it's time in a lot of respects to move on. Now, you know, the one thing that, that is still to be resolved, and I do think he's going to get suspended. I, I don't know how long that will be. I don't think it's going to be six games. I think it'll be four or less. I don't think it's going to be six, and I would be surprised if he was not docked at least a game. Is that fair? Well, again, I don't know what the precedent is, but – the expectation all along was that he would miss multiple games, and some people had him missing a whole season, some half a season, some six games, some four games. I don't know. I, I do agree yeah. that I think some sort of action is coming from the league, but I'd be absolutely lying if I said I had an idea as to what was going to transpire because I don't. Right, right. And, you know, look, I, you know, you might say one case is apples and the other is oranges, but last year we had this same speculation about Marshawn Battleborn. Who was who was charged with a felony gun charge? Well, that was eventually um, that turned into a misdemeanor, and he did not uh, he was not suspended. So I, I'm not saying that's going to happen in Kamara's case. I think at this point, what you said is accurate. There's a whole bunch of speculation, but that's really up to the league, and they have they have wide ranging powers as to what they can do. Like I said before, I don't think it's going to be six. I think it's going to be four or less, but I would be surprised if he if he did not miss at least one game. The end result is that it's probably a better result than most people thought it would be, even the Saints. And now you can count on him this season at some point, if not for the bulk 
of the season. You have Williams, you have Miller, and if you have Kamara for two-thirds or three-fourths of the season, now that position looks very good. Well, I mean, it's certainly good news because if Alvin Kamara is healthy and and he's uh, he's he's operating at 100%, he's still a very good player in this league. An, an excellent runner and, and pass receiver and a chance to be a dynamic guy in your offense. Frankly, in an offense that needs dynamic guys because other than him and Chris Olave, I don't know if I would call anybody on this offense dynamic. I think, you know, from the tight end position, I think Juwan Johnson has a chance to break through and be a be a really good player. He's already a good player, had a good season last year, but, but you need difference makers with the ball in their hands and, and and Kamara is certainly that, and you would think that Chris Olave is that. Maybe Rashid Shahid fills that role at some point, who uh, who had a very nice season last year as a street free agent. But you know, I mean, when when Alvin Kamara is in the lineup, the Saints are a better football team. I think that's pretty obvious. Michael Thomas, of course, the X factor, and again, no one really knows. We're just guessing, and at this point, just hoping that he can be somewhat, if not most of the player that he once was. And then the other weapon is obviously Taysom Hill and how they choose to use him because he at times can be the best player on the field offensively for the Saints. Just depends on who they're playing and you know what the scheme is and such. But I suspect that Hill will be used uh, as much as he's been used previously, maybe just not taking as many snaps at quarterback. Well, it'll be curious. Uh, it'll be a curious thing, Kenny. Uh, do you take Derek Carr out off the field in the red zone to play Taysom Hill? Um, you know, Derek Carr is a guy that you've invested a lot of money in. He's your quarterback. You also have uh, Jamal Williams, who's a very good goal line runner, and Kendra Miller, who is a big physical guy that you figure can help you on the goal line as well. So um, I think it'll be very interesting to see what, what kind of red zone packages the Saints come up with based on the fact that they, they have a, an addition at quarterback who is clearly an upgrade, and they have, they have two running backs who are, are very good inside the five-yard line. One is unproven because he did it in college, hasn't done it in the NFL yet, but Jamal Williams had 17 touchdowns last year. So he's a proven guy inside the 10-yard line uh, running between the tackles and getting to the edge. So, to me, the biggest question that the Saints have on offense is, uh, how is that offensive line going to perform? Because I don't really know how good it was last year. I thought it was um, average, maybe a maybe a little bit above average. But I don't I don't think it was any great shakes. And and um, I'm curious to see what that unit does this year. Ryan Ramchak wasn't healthy, and that was a big part of it. We know Andrew Speed, right? is not healthy, and that's a part of it as well. And again, when you're playing with backup guys, it's just not going to look the same. Those backup guys, if they are the backup guys, now you've got a good offensive line if people like Hurst and Throckmorton are backups as compared to being starters. But that's all about Trevor Penning and whether he is that guy or not and whether Ramchek and Pete can stay healthy. We know McCoy is pretty solid, so... And Ruiz, of course, has to be healthy, too. He was improved last year, but still, I, I would at least say, not quite playing to the investment that was made in him. I, I think that's a fair analysis. He he was improved. The grades show that. 
but in terms of where he was chosen in the draft, I don't think he played to that level. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a fair assessment. And, you know, one thing that was kind of curious last year is that if you if you looked on the practice report, I don't think Ramchak practiced on Wednesday the entire year. I think I think he was rested either either most of the year or all of the year where he wasn't practicing on a Wednesday. So you wonder, uh, you know, what the ailment is. We've, we've heard all kinds of rumors, but, I mean, those are rumors. Let's, let's hope that, that he can be a um, – he can be back to 100% and, and, and be the dominant player that he's been in the past because when he is, the Saints' offensive line is is uh, is quite good. I think they've set themselves up for the future with Trevor Penning, with McCoy, and then with Saul DeVere. Rene Nato wrote about Saul DeVere at CrescentCitySports.com this week. It's clear they like him a lot. He's another big, mauler type of guy to play mm-hmm. inside. And we all know what's going on here. I mean, their guards are, are basically on one-year deals, and Andrew Speed and Cesar Ruiz. So Saul DeVere is, is lying in wait. If he can be the guy they envision him to be, then certainly uh, that would ease the concern about filling one of those slots. Well, I mean, certainly. But but again, he's a rookie, and, and he hasn't, you know, he's been he's been at minicamp, but he's, but he's had some issues, and he hasn't been on the field. So I don't, I don't know how much you can count on a rookie offensive lineman, no matter how talented he is. But, you know, at some, at some point, Kenny, you got to figure that he's going to be a starter for this team because uh, both of the guards that, uh, that they have right now as starters are, uh, you know, in the final years of their contracts. So it's plausible that neither one will be back. It's certainly possible that, that uh, only one will be back. So I doubt seriously if both of them are going to be back because I think that was one of the reasons they traded up to the top of the third day to get Sal DeVere because they didn't want anyone else to get it. When you flip the page to the defense, what's the biggest concern there? I know a lot of people point to linebacker depth, and I understand that. But to me, safety is a, is a question mark. We don't know what Marcus May is. Uh, Torian Matthews is a year older. They brought in Abrams. I'm just not sure where they're at there. Like their cornerback position, it looks deep. You know, like their defensive line depth that they have, based upon what they've invested in. So to me, I, I look at safety as a position that might be a little bit of a concern. Well, I think it is. Uh, you know, look, let's let's look at the big picture. We've been talking about this for several minutes now. I think the Saints are an improved team. But I don't think they're anywhere near where they need to be to be a, a, a Super Bowl contender yet. Do I think they're improved? Yes. Can they win the NFC South? Certainly. I think they're, they're not a prohibitive favorite there, but they're a big favorite. I, I think that's pretty obvious if you, look at the, uh, if you look at what Vegas is telling us. But, I mean, you know, so much, so much of this season, to me, for this team depends on luck. Because they're not, they don't have the depth that they once had. But I do think they're getting there. I think it's a process, you know, and, and they're, they're trying to rebuild quickly uh, after Drew Brees retired. This is year three. It might take another year. But if they, if they draft well again, then who knows? You know, they, they might be in that position as early as next year again. But to me, if they can get to the playoffs and win around, then I think it's been a great year. I agree. I think the goals are obvious. Win the division, 
get to the playoffs is the, the primary goal. The second goal is to advance one way or the other. And is it impossible to envision this team winning the NFC? No, it's not impossible. Is it probable? No. The Philadelphia Eagles certainly look like they have the best roster in the NFC. They were in the Super Bowl last year, easily could have won it, did not. Then you look after the the Eagles and you try to figure out who are the other primary contenders in the NFC. The 49ers, you got to answer a quarterback issue there, even though they're good. Seattle's improved, but are they really that? Detroit's improved, but are they really that? Packers don't have Rodgers. The Vikings won a lot of games last year. Very, very mm-hmm. close games, and they yeah, made changes. And their defense a, wasn't a, very good. It's a good point. Plus, you know, the, the preponderance of really good quarterbacks in this league are in the AFC. I mean, you know, Sean Payton knows that. He's in Denver. He's got to play Mahomes twice a year. So, I mean, you know, you got you got a, you got uh, Josh Allen, Mahomes, and Burrow all on the other side of the bracket every year. Those guys are really good. So the NFC's pretty wide open. You know, you mentioned the Eagles. Let me just say to you that. I'm amazed how much they continue to chirp about how bad the field was for the Super Bowl. They're still complaining about it five months later, all right? And to me, that's just such bad baseball. You lost the game. Move on. You know? I mean, it, it just it just, it just just reeks of crybabies. I, I, I just, you know, it, it's <laughs> you lost the game. Yeah, you did slip. The other team played on the same field. Get over it. You know, you had a chance to win the game, and you didn't. Fair enough? Yeah, I think that's very fair, and both teams played under the same conditions. So regardless, would you have liked to have seen it be better? Sure. But, again, it's all relative based upon the game being played, who played the game, and how it was played. And and the Eagles blew it. They had a lead. They looked like the better team, and they let it get away. And that was it. But the AFC is better. You know what? You lost the game. Yeah, the AFC is better. You know why, Kenny? They've got all the quarterbacks. Yeah. All right? They've got all the quarterbacks. Well, you can throw in Lamar Jackson, right? You throw in Lamar Jackson. I mean, I left Lamar Jackson out of there, and he's a great player. So, I mean, you know, you've got Baltimore with an elite quarterback. You've got the Chiefs with the best quarterback. You've got the Bengals with an outstanding quarterback. And you've got the Bills with an outstanding quarterback. So those are four teams right there that you have to climb over every year. Now, the one thing that could change the whole dynamic for the Saints this season is if Derek Carr has a giant year. If Derek Carr has a giant year, then all of a sudden, instead of maybe being a 9 or 10 win team, they're an 11 win team. But I think that's kind of stretching it a little bit. But regardless, you know, I mean, when you, when, when you have elite quarterback play, as, as we found out here for a stretch of 15 years, you always have a chance. And I know the Saints only won one Super Bowl when Drew Brees is here. But there was a remarkable consistency, for the most part, about the organization. And, you know, if you look at at 17, 18, 19, 20, I mean, those were four consecutive division titles in a division that it was really hard to, to repeat in. Competitive division. But, you know, I mean, the Saints won a lot of games. But, you know, they, they're, they're in the process. I think they're past the worst part of the transition, but I don't think the transition's over. Does that make sense? No, I think that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know what? Hey, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to um, – I'm looking forward to seeing – that first game and to see what they really have. I, I just, I think I, I love September because, you know, to me, uh, the end of July and August is just a tease. 
<laughs> that's all it is. When the games start, uh, you know, it only it only it only takes about a week or two to say, oh, okay, this is who they are. And I think that's one of the best things about the NFL is that uh, you know you get a you get a pretty quick read on teams. If somebody starts out the gate zero and three, chances are they're not going to have a very good season. Statistically, that's what it says, right? Yes. You start out three and zero, chances are you're gonna you're gonna be a playoff team. So I that's why I love September in the NFL because all the BS and the smoke and and uh, people blowing sunshine and all of that stuff, all of that's gone. And, and we find out exactly who you are. And we're going to find out quickly. I mean, you know, Tennessee didn't have the kind of year they had they wanted last year. But that Saints run defense that, I, that frankly took a step back last year is, is going to be tested right off the bat in the first game. And uh, that, that's, to me, is the most compelling thing about the NFL is September because you find out quickly who's who. Yeah. By the way, AFC – I would throw in Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence too, because I think those are two. Well, there you go. I mean, well, there, there's there's two more guys. I mean, you know, Trevor Lawrence had a giant year last year. You know, Jacksonville was a playoff team. Uh, you know, and 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 I I like Doug Peterson. I think the guy's a really good coach. And um, and in fact, I got his book upstairs, and I'm I'm going to read it here shortly. But um, you know, I I just I like uh, I, I like the AFC because of all the quarterbacks. I mean, Justin Herbert had a giant year. He's a he's a very talented player. So when you got when we just mentioned six guys, six guys who are going to have their team. If you're if you're not one of those teams and you're in the AFC, if you're Denver, for instance, for instance, I mean, you've got it. You've got tough sledding to get anywhere in that conference because it's brutal right now. And you compare that to the NFC South and a second year player in Ritter in Atlanta and a first-year player in Young, in Carolina, in Tampa Bay, whatever, that's why things are encouraging for the Saints. Tampa Tampa Bay's in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, buddy. You can believe that. You you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, they're not not telling you that, but, you know, we saw Caleb Williams a lot last year, and we saw him against Tulane. Tulane was simply uh, the better team, but he kept USC in that game. Caleb Williams is a tremendous player, and – and believe me, I, I think if if you injected Tampa Bay ownership with truth serum and said, "Look, you can go one and fifteen in the in the bottom line at the end, or one and sixteen at the bottom line at the end of this year, you get Caleb Williams," I think they take that right now and cancel the season. Yeah, I think bottom line is I think we're both on the same page. Nothing's changed, and people ask me every week, "What do you think? What do you think?" Well, I at this point I said that I thought the Saints would win ten games, and I'm. I'm sticking to that right now. I reserve the right to change that before the season starts, but right now that's yeah. where I'm at. I know you're in the same area with nine or ten. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think uh, nine and a half is a is a is a great line by the odds makers because I think they're going to get action on both sides, which is what they want because then they're the only ones who make money. No doubt, I think that's absolutely where they're at right now, and and looking forward to seeing just how it unfolds. Training camp begins at the end of the month. And that's when we'll start finding out a little bit about things. You can read about it at NewOrleansSaints.com in terms of the practices that are open to the public, seven of those. And, of course, they start practicing on July 28th. Ed, always a pleasure. I know you got your event to get busy with here, so we're going to let you get back to the event again at Joe Yenny Stadium and Haas Memphis Stadium, 7 on 7. So hope it goes great, and have a great day here. Okay, buddy, you too. All right, Ed, thank you. That's Ed Daniels. 
And again, busy with that seven-on-seven event today, but should be outstanding and hopefully becomes an annual event for him and for all involved because it's it's got a chance to be really good. And if it's school-related, then I'm all for it. And that's what we're talking about here. Definitely a better way to go. All right, we'll take a time out here. It's 504-260-1061. That's the number. And this is the Three Tailgaters Show, a Saturday morning tradition still to come. We'll get into all the other elements we spoke of previously, baseball, the Pelicans, and more. We'll talk to Lenny Van Gilder in a bit. Much more as we continue in just a moment here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and at NashFM1061.com. With over 15 acres of cars and trucks at the Lamarck Automotive Complex, there must be a reason. Buying a new car shouldn't be complicated. That's why our expert staff is here to help. I've been selling new Ford cars and trucks since 1970. It's over 50 years. Wow, there must be a reason. With your lifestyle and budget in mind, our finance team works hard to be the best in the business. Only at Lamarck Ford, at the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. Life Resources Ministries exists for showing men the way, building men to spiritual maturity, and preparing God's people for service. Life Resources Ministries has Bible studies in person and via Skype throughout the metro area, along with outreaches weekly on Wednesdays at Piccadilly Cafeteria on Clearview Parkway in Metairie. There are business forums and fellowship meetings as well. Life Resources also puts on major outreach prep breakfasts with national speakers up to four to five times per year. Visit us online at liferesources.net. Life Resources Ministries, leaders investing for eternity. When the final horn blows at the Allstate Sugar Bowl, the action is just beginning as another jam-packed year of Sugar Bowl activity lies just ahead. With over 55 annual events, including all Louisiana high school state championships, the Sugar Bowl support of amateur athletics adds up to big fun and big dollars for our economy. From the Crescent City Classic to lacrosse, sailing, basketball, and more, the Sugar Bowl has something for most everyone. For more on the great things the Sugar Bowl is doing, log on to AllstateSugarBowl.org. Sponsored by Allstate, Taco Bell, and Dr. Pepper. If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron. Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can trust these people. They're from here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron. Everybody knows that. Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron. This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a bourgeois. Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive on Veterans in Metairie. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Billy, your gas light's on. We need to stop and fill up. No way, Jen. Gas around here is too expensive. We can make it a little further. Billy, listen to your big sister. You don't need to drive all over searching for the lowest gas prices. Do what I do and use Upside. Upside? Do you live under a rock, Billy? Upside is the hottest cashback app out there. It's free to download, and you get real cashback for every gallon of gas you buy. I use it all the time, and I've already made around 200 bucks. You can make that kind of cashback just for buying the gas you have to buy anyway? Yes, I'm looking at the Upside app now and there's a gas station at the next exit offering 25 cents per gallon cash back. Okay, I'm stopping to download Upside and fill up my tank. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code MOST to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, to PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code MOST for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code MOST for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. 
Top service. Locally owned. Outstanding deals. Conveniently located. Professionals motivated to sell where the customer comes first. That describes the experience at Premier Automotive Group, where you'll find the best prices anywhere on Toyota, Honda, Nissan, and Kia. Premier Automotive offers a warranty for life on its vehicles and a money-back guarantee. Visit my friend Troy Duhon in one of his outstanding dealerships. Toyota of New Orleans I-10 Service Road near Bullard in New Orleans East. Premier Honda at the I-10 Service Road at Bullard. Premier Nissan at Veterans in Metairie and Premier Kia at Veterans in Kenner. Just tuning in? We're just getting started with the Three Tailgaters Show on 106.1 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. What are you waiting for? Call 504-260-1061 to talk all sports all the time. Now back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. Welcome back to the show. Ken Trahan with you on this Saturday morning for the Three Tailgaters Show again. Ed Daniels uh, busy with the 7-on-7 event at Hoss Memphis Stadium and at Joe Yenny Stadium going on this morning. And we encourage people to go out. It's only $5 to be able to check it out, and I think you'll enjoy the opportunity to do so. And we'll get into college football recruiting and college football in general coming up a little bit later in the show. College baseball as well, and the Pelicans will be joined by Lenny Van Gilder. Expect to talk to Renee Nato as well a little bit later on in the show. Interesting times at Northwestern University, right? Northwestern's baseball coach has been fired. That's Jim Foster, the school dismissing him. That comes after allegations of bullying and a toxic environment within the program. And this just continues the problems that they've had at Northwestern because a Pat Fitzgerald story that happened just before this earlier this week. He was fired in the wake of a hazing investigation into the program just three days after the school announced a two-week suspension on completion of the investigation it had commissioned. Now Fitzgerald is, is fighting this clearly, but now the baseball coach has also been dismissed at Northwestern. So one of the premier academic institutions having all kinds of issues with its programs and making changes with its coaches in the process. And obviously a real issue uh, that is taking place there. And there's an environment there that clearly has to change. You've got major issues going on at Northwestern University. The Tennessee football program avoids a bull ban from the NCAA Division I Committee on Infractions which announced its punishment for the volunteers yesterday after it found 200 individual infractions committed by the school. Now, taking a look at the penalties handed down, Tennessee placed on five years probation, given an $8 million fine, and will have a reduction of 28 scholarships. The school was credited for self-imposing 16 scholarship reductions over the past two seasons. Now, the $8 million fine is believed to be the largest levied in an infractions case. Tennessee had been charged with 18 level one violations, the most severe in the NCAA structure that exists. It's pretty serious. And it stemmed from the tenure of former coach Jeremy Pruitt, not the current coaching staff. Among those infractions, 
60000 in impermissible benefits, and both Pruitt and his wife making cash payments to players' families. Pruitt, as a result, receives a six-year show cause and would be suspended for the first full season if he was hired by an NCAA school. Pruitt has been out of top-level coaching since serving as the New York Giants defensive assistant in 2021. Tennessee has rebounded very well. The Volunteers were 11-2 and last year under Josh Heupel. First double-digit victory season for Tennessee since 2007. And, of course, they went on and won the Orange Bowl. And a lot of momentum moving forward. And a big win at LSU last year. Looked good in the process. The lack of a bowl ban, by the way, is kind of the way things have gone in rulings by the NCAA most recently. That's the trend. They've gone away from punishments punitive toward current players who weren't involved in the violations which transpired previously. And frankly, I think that's a good thing. Because again, it is the school, but it's not these players and it's not these coaches that are the offenders in this case. And that is truly the case in a lot of other entities when these things go on. So I really don't have a problem with that whatsoever. I think it's it's pretty good the way the NCAA handled this particular issue. National Recruiting Miami adds a huge piece to its recruiting class as five-star receiver Jashisa Trader commits to the Hurricanes. Trader, the number 11 recruit overall in the country, 61180 from Hollywood, Florida, and he chose Miami over Florida, Florida State, Ohio State, and Alabama, among others. Now the highest-ranked commit in the 2024 cycle for the Hurricanes and the fifth ESPN 300 commit for Miami as they are really making waves uh, with their program in terms of the type of players they're getting now. A program that was once dominant, that took a step back, slowly crept forward, and now looks to be on pretty solid ground with what it's been able to do and how it's doing it at this point. So pretty good stuff where Miami is concerned as they continue to make waves. And it's going to be interesting to see with SEC media days just where teams are picked in college football, and LSU in particular. We'll get into LSU later in the show. But look, Alabama is likely going to pick number one in the West because that's who they are, even though LSU might have the better roster. Georgia will obviously be number one on the eastern side of things. That goes without saying. But they've had a really rough off season, mostly dealing with vehicle issues. And Victoria Bowles, who survived the fatal car crash that killed the University of Georgia football player and recruiting staffer on January 15th, has filed a lawsuit against the Georgia Athletic Association and against Philadelphia Eagles rookie Jalen Carter whom police accused of racing the SUV being driven by a recruiting staffer when it wrecked. The lawsuit filed in Gwinnett County Court on Wednesday by Bowles, who was a former recruiting analyst for the university, accuses the Georgia Athletic Association of negligence and contradicts public statements by Bulldogs football coach Kirby Smart and other officials 
who have claimed that recruiting staffer Chandler LaCroix shouldn't have been driving the leased SUV when it left the road and struck trees and utility poles. Now, that crash occurred just hours after Georgia celebrated its second straight national championship with a parade on campus. And after the wreck, the Athletic Association issued a statement that said, in part, that rental vehicles were to be turned in at the immediate conclusion of recruiting duties. The lawsuit also alleges that the Athletic Association was negligent in allowing LeCroy to drive the SUV during her duties. And Bowles lawyers contending that Georgia officials were aware that LeCroy had at least four speeding tickets, which included two super speeder violations under Georgia law. And the lawsuit goes on to claim that LeCroy's supervisor was in the car when she received her most recent super speeder ticket October 30th when driving home from the Georgia-Florida game in Jacksonville, Florida. Furthermore, the lawsuit said Lee Croix's SUV was traveling at at least 104.2 miles per hour when it crashed and had been racing another SUV driven by Carter for 45 seconds or less. And police added that Lee Croix's blood alcohol concentration was 0.197, nearly two and a half times the legal limit in Georgia. The lawsuit accused Carter of illegally leaving the scene without speaking to law enforcement and failing to render aid. Carter, for his part, pleaded no contest March 16th to misdemeanor charges of reckless driving and racing, was sentenced to 12 months of probation, $1,000 fine, and 80 hours of community service, and will attend a state-approved defensive driving course. Carter went on to be the ninth overall pick by the Eagles in this year's NFL draft. He's a heck of a player. And some thought he would go earlier than that, and some feel like maybe the incident off the field hurt his draft status. Maybe it did a little bit, but he still went early. So it's not a major blow in terms of how much he was knocked down in the process. But it's going to be interesting to see how Georgia deals with all this because they've had a lot of stuff off the field during this offseason, even though they are the champions and they have been a dominant force in college football now for a couple of years. What happens from here? Don't know the answer to that. It's pretty interesting to see just what impact it's going to have. But I don't think it's going to change anything about favorites and how they're perceived in the East. Florida, will they be a little better? Maybe. Tennessee is good. We know that, even with its quarterback, Hendon Hooker, not being there. And then, of course, South Carolina had a good season last year, and you cannot dismiss them. In the West, Ole Miss certainly looks pretty good. I think Auburn's really a bit disarray, still not there. We know what Alabama is. Arkansas, you got to beat them. They're tough. And Texas A&M, they physically handled LSU last year, so LSU's got to change that scenario when they get the Aggies in Baton Rouge this year. But A&M will be pretty good. Look, the SEC is the SEC. It's going to be that competitive, that tough, and looking forward to seeing how that turns out. Interesting comments by the Big 12 official talking about Texas leaving the Big 12 for the SEC and getting the jab in there saying, 
well, now they can lose to Alabama instead of losing to Kansas State. <laughs> the knife was pulled out and it was wielded. No question about that. The feelings are hard. You can understand why. It's not the best situation when people have to wait to go into a new league. But clearly that is a funny story to tell. Texas will fare well in the SEC. They'll compete well. Oklahoma will fare well and compete well. And I think they're in a situation where they're going to get into the league and there's going to be some degree of adjustment that takes place. I just think it's natural when you haven't played teams or when you haven't played at facilities previously and you're playing it in the SEC, you know, the bigger facilities in the country by and large. I think all that factors in, but I do think that both will be able to fare well in the conference. Ultimately, they're good programs. They get good players on an annual basis, and they're well coached. So I don't think that's going to change at all. I do think that they're in a good position, you know, moving forward. (laughs) And I expect both of them to be pretty solid. You know, looking at the national picture, Ohio State is certainly going to be there again. You always put Ohio State in the mix. And look, I mean, if you look at the mix for who's going to be in the top 10, you don't really ever get past the teams that are always there. Clemson is going to be there. Michigan likely will be there. Oregon's got a good team. I think you have to put Oregon in that mix. I think Oklahoma's got the players to put themselves in that position. USC, Caleb Williams certainly is in that discussion. Florida State and LSU who play each other to start up both there unquestionably in that top 10 discussion, and that's a gigantic opening game. Penn State is another. Texas certainly ranks in that number. You know, you can't dismiss TCU off of last season. A&M, I mentioned. Notre Dame, you can't dismiss them. Utah's got a good program. you got to look at Utah as well as a team that could possibly break through. Break through. And the same thing is true of the Washington Huskies, who have a good roster and look pretty good. I mentioned South Carolina earlier. That's a good team, and I would not dismiss them. You know, if you're going down the list and thinking about others that could be you know, part of the discussion, or at least dark horse teams in the national conversation for the upcoming season, Oregon State might be one of those teams. Texas Tech could be one of those teams. Iowa, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Ole Miss, Texas, San Antonio, UTSA. Tulane's got to deal with them now, and I save Tulane for last because I think Tulane is a team that's a top 25 team, clearly, off of last year and with what's returning to the mix. And they will be a top group of five contender this year. Michael Pratt, 3,010 passing yards, 478 rushing yards, 37 touchdowns back. Good defensive front as well. Wide receiver position is pretty good. Offensive line position is pretty good. Defensive line is pretty good. Secondary looks pretty good. There's a lot to like about this two-lane Greenway football team, and I think that they are in a position to clearly make a run at being a, a top 25 team and clearly make a run at being you know, the, the best of the non-power five teams and put themselves in a prime position for the postseason to get where they want to get. They got to the Cotton Bowl last year. We all know what happened there. It was special to watch. It was a great achievement. We're going to talk with 
Renee Nato coming up about that. And uh, we'll get into all of the college football material as well coming up. But I do think those are the teams, when you look at the national picture, that I would say are the primary teams, the primary contenders, and then some with the number that we provided for you. Alabama, we know, will be there one way or the other, but I think LSU's every bit as good. But that's why the opening game with LSU and Florida State carries such large weight. These are both teams that figure to contend for a national championship this year. And the winner of that game puts itself in prime position to be able to do so. The loser's not eliminated, but it puts them in a position where they pretty much have to win out to get back in that conversation, given the nature of how the season is set up and the teams that are competing for those honors. So again, pretty interesting to see just how the national picture develops this year and knowing the traditional powers and looking for that team that can break through like TCU did last year. Who could that team be? Stay tuned, too late. I would not rule out the green wave at all. Certainly hoping that happens. And I think that there's a great chance. Staying healthy is a big part of it. And, of course, getting out of the box in good shape is really a big part of it because, you know, you can't bury yourself early. You know, teams that aren't Power 5 teams, they can't afford the loss early on. They can't. You know, the Power 5 teams can get away with one early and still come back and get it. But it's South Alabama at Yeoman Stadium on September 2nd, and that's not an easy get at all. That's a tough opponent. Then it's Ole Miss at Yeoman. And then traveling to Southern Miss, who beat Tulane last year. That's a heck of an opening for Tulane before they get Nichols and UAB at home. So, again, those first three games, to me, mean everything. Tulane gets out of a 2-1, and one, they're fine. They get out of a 3-0, and oh, they put themselves in prime position to be that national contender, to be in the mix for the big bowl game. And the opportunity, the outside looking in, to get into the playoffs. So, I would not rule it out. But again, those first three weeks are going to determine, I don't know, if not everything, a large part of whatever Tulane can do. Because then they get Nichols stayed at home, UAB at home. UAB is no pushover, but you got them at home. Then comes a really tough test at Memphis where they've always had a tough time. North Texas comes to Yeoman at Rice. They should be able to handle that. Going to East Carolina, but your team will handle that. At home against Tulsa. Going to Florida Atlantic. And then the UTSA at home on November 24th. That'll be a tough game, and you hope that game means everything. It could with the talent that UTSA has and with the talent that Tulane has. That game could really turn out to be an extremely important, extremely valuable, and extremely watched game on many fronts, not just locally but regionally and nationally. So the Tulane picture is a pretty clear one. you got to start well. I mean, it's that simple. You could say the same about LSU, but as I mentioned, uh, you don't want to lose to Florida State again. But if you lose to Florida State, it's not over for a Power 5 team with the strength of schedule and with the reputation and the teams that you're going to be playing, the opportunity would still be there to put yourself back into the picture on a national level. Uh, again, the optimum situation is to beat Florida State, but again, that is not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. So I think there's a lot to look forward to where Tulane football and LSU football are concerned for this upcoming season. It's going to be a blast watching to see just how it manifests itself. All right, we're rolling along here on this Saturday morning with the Three Tailgaters Show. It's 
1061 to join in the conversation. That's 260-1061. Still to come, we'll visit with Lenny Van Gilder. We'll talk about college baseball and also about the New Orleans Pelicans and the Summer League, among other things. And we'll do that shortly. We'll take a time out here back in just a moment here on this Saturday morning. Glad you've joined us here. Ken Trahan with you. It is the Three Tailgaters Show, a Saturday morning tradition, and we're back in a moment here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and, as always, on the web at nashfm1061.com. I'm Ken Trahan. And I'm Jude Young. We'll have comprehensive coverage of high school, college, and the pros, plus we give you a voice to speak your mind. It's entertainment, it's information, it's all that you could want, and it's right here on 106.1 Nash Icon. Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. Following Inside New Orleans on 106.1 Nash Icon. Country for life. You could throw your flip-flop at a bug. Ew, a bug, get it. But the chances of actually hitting it over there are statistically it's still alive. Unlikely. Good thing nature's got your back. Stem bug killers combine powerful active ingredients found in plants like lemongrass and geraniol and scientifically engineer them into effective bug fighting formulas safe for use as directed around people, pets and throughout the home. Stem rooted in nature, optimized by science. Diamonds Direct's Midsummer Savings Event is happening right now. With an extra 20% savings, an expanded selection, and in-store designer appearances. Take an extraordinary 20% off Diamonds Direct's already unbeatable prices. On rings, earrings, bracelets, bands, colored gemstone jewelry, and thousands of engagement ring mountings. Meet the designers who've flown in with all new collections for the summer. The best savings, the best selection, the best value. Don't miss this once-a-year jewelry shopping event. Even open this Sunday. Details, showroom hours, directions, and more at DiamondsDirect.com. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Billy, your gas light's on. We need to stop and fill up. No way, Jen. Gas around here is too expensive. We can make it a little further. Billy, listen to your big sister. You don't need to drive all over searching for the lowest gas prices. Do what I do and use Upside. Upside? Do you live under a rock, Billy? Upside is the hottest cashback app out there. It's free to download and you get real cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. I use it all the time and I've already made around 200 bucks. You can make that kind of cash back just for buying the gas you have to buy anyway. Yes, I'm looking at the Upside app now and there's a gas station at the next exit offering 25 cents per gallon cash back okay i'm stopping to download upside and fill up my tank download the free upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas use promo code most to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank you can cash out anytime right to your bank to paypal or a gift card for amazon and other brands just download the free upside app and use promo code most for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank that's code most for a 25 cents per gallon bonus When the final horn blows at the Allstate Sugar Bowl, the action is just beginning as another jam-packed year of Sugar Bowl activity lies just ahead. With over 55 annual events, including all Louisiana high school state championships, the Sugar Bowl's support of amateur athletics adds up to big fun and big dollars for our economy. From the Crescent City Classic to lacrosse, sailing, basketball, and more, the Sugar Bowl has something for most everyone. For more on the great things the Sugar Bowl is doing, log on to AllstateSugarBowl.org. Sponsored by Allstate, Taco Bell, and Dr. Pepper. When you can find everything you need at prices you can afford, that's totally Target. It's that feeling when quality good and gather ingredients on the barbecue bring family around the table. Or when favorite day after practice snacks let you celebrate the whole team for less. It's when saving more on up and up sunscreen means more fun in the sun. And when Target Circle Rewards program gives you more perks on what you buy most and is always free to join, that's totally Target. 
Of course I used Mr. Clean Magic Eraser to clean tough messes off my stovetop and bathtub. But then I discovered I can also use it to easily clean my patio furniture and even my shoes. I'm hooked. And when wipes won't cut it, I use Magic Eraser Sheets. They're thin and flexible erasers, perfect for everyday messes, like gunk on my counters and sinks. They really are magical. The reviews are in. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and Sheets make cleaning look easy. You want the total sports package? Let's talk prep, college, pro, all sports, all the time. You get it all from the three tailgaters on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com with Ken and Ed. Give us a call, 504-260-1061. Welcome back to the show. Just a brief thank you to all the folks associated with the Crescent City Sports Prep Summer League this past year. And, of course, the champion, Lutcher-based team from Cypress Physical Therapy. Congratulations to the Lutcher team and their outstanding accomplishment. Ryan Jensen and his team doing a great job. Of course, we presented awards at the end. You can go back and watch the championship game against the River Ridge-based John Curtis Patriots. Yeah, we had on CrescentCitySports.com 17 teams participating. And again, a big thank you to all who participated. And we certainly look forward to moving forward with year three coming up next year and think it's going to be a big success. We certainly believe that to be the case. And again, thanks to all for being part of it this year as we look to enhance the presence on CrescentCitySports.com and also to enhance schools in the process in helping their baseball programs as a whole. 504-260-1061 to join in the conversation back with more of our one of the three tailgaters show in just a moment here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and at NashFM1061.com. If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron. Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can trust these people. They're from here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron. Everybody knows that. Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron. This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a bourgeois. Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive on Veterans in Metairie. Our pets are our loved ones and also our best friends. When they pass away, New Orleans Pet Cremation Service will handle everything for you. We offer 24-hour home removal as well as free pickup from your local veterinary hospital. Pet cremation starting as low as $199. Simply give us a call at 504-218-5554 or go to NewOrleansPetCremation.com. That's NewOrleansPetCremation.com. Celebrating life. For 17 years, the RNO Carriers New Orleans Bowl has been proud to support one of the area's great traditions, high school football and the Prep Football Player of the Week Award. The RNO Carriers New Orleans Bowl's weekly recognition of excellence on the field by high school student athletes reflects our understanding of the importance of athletics in the development of our youth. The Prep Player of the Year is annually presented with the Ronald D. Gardner Award on the field of the Caesar Superdome during the RNO Carriers New Orleans Bowl. The RNO Carriers New Orleans Bowl, a New Orleans institution. Visit us at NewOrleansBowl.com. 
top service. Locally owned, outstanding deals, conveniently located, professionals motivated to sell where the customer comes first. That describes the experience at Premier Automotive Group, where you'll find the best prices anywhere on Toyota, Honda, Nissan, and Kia. Premier Automotive offers a warranty for life on its vehicles and a money-back guarantee. Visit my friend Troy Duhon in one of his outstanding dealerships. Toyota of New Orleans I-10 Service Road near Bullard in New Orleans East. Premier Honda at the I-10 Service Road at Bullard. Premier Nissan at Veterans in Metairie and Premier Kia at Veterans in Kenner. This is Kevin Mamahat. For most of us, the largest single purchase we'll ever make is when buying a home. That's why thousands of homeowners each year choose to protect their largest investment with Rhino Shield. Rhino Shield is the only international architectural ceramic coating that gives residential and commercial owners peace of mind. Along with our 25-year warranty, our ceramic coating reflects the ultraviolet rays we experience here in Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama, keeping your home cooler with less strain on your air conditioner. And it's more affordable than you think. So give us a call for your free estimate, 504-407-2222, or visit rhinoshieldmidsouth.com. Call now, and you can get the guaranteed protection of Rhino Shield for 20% off the regular price, 407-2222, or visit rhinoshieldmidsouth.com. Don't paint, don't vinyl, go Rhino Shield. Never paint your house again, Rhino Shield. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Billy, your gas light's on. We need to stop and fill up. No way, Jen. Gas around here is too expensive. We can make it a little further. Billy, listen to your big sister. You don't need to drive all over searching for the lowest gas prices. Do what I do and use Upside. Upside? Do you live under a rock, Billy? Upside is the hottest cashback app out there. It's free to download and you get real cashback for every gallon of gas you buy. I use it all the time and I've already made around 200 bucks. You can make that kind of cashback just for buying the gas you have to buy anyway. Yes, I'm looking at the Upside app now and there's a gas station at the next exit offering 25 cents per gallon cash back okay i'm stopping to download upside and fill up my tank download the free upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas use promo code most to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank you can cash out anytime right to your bank to paypal or a gift card for amazon and other brands just download the free upside app and use promo code most for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank that's code most for a 25 cents per gallon bonus all respectful persons and opinions are welcome keep it clean constructive and civil time to join in the conversation on the three tailgater show by calling 504-260-1061 welcome back to the three tailgater show on this saturday morning ken trahan with you and People have asked about the United States soccer team and just where they are right now after losing in the semifinals of the Gold Cup to Panama. They played well 1-1 tie in San Diego but then lost on PK's 5-4, Panama winning. So the U.S. goes out in the semis of the Gold Cup. Disappointing to see that. Now, the United States team, keep in mind, didn't have... Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna, Weston McKinney. You know, there were some of the best players who didn't play. But they had good players playing. And, again, you look for the progress because this is a program that's ranked in the teens right now on on the world stage. And they have to be more consistent to be able to have a chance to be a top-ten team. 
I mean, that's kind of where it's at right now. As you look at the projection moving forward, the next World Cup is 2026. You don't want any other occurrence about what happened last year to take place. I mean, they lost the Netherlands. I mean, again, that's going to happen. Netherlands are better. But if you look at the roster and the pool moving forward, you know, you've got Matt Turner, one of the best goalkeepers, you know, in the world from Arsenal. He's a good one. You got to like that. And he's a real deal. Very impressive. Weston McKinney plays for Juventus. He's a good one. World-class player. You certainly like him. Brendan Aronson plays for Leeds United. Falaran Belogan plays for Arsenal. Jesus Ferreira is good for, you know, playing in FC Dallas here in Major League Soccer. Christian Prolisic, of course, highly rated. Gio Reyna playing for Borussia Dortmund in Germany. Uh, gets a new start, and hopefully the relationship with he and his coach are better now than it was previously. And I think all these guys are the opportunity. Tim Wee is another guy that you can't dismiss. Ricardo Pepe is developing. I think there's a lot to look at in terms of where this soccer program is right now, but also where it's going. I think it has a chance to be better moving forward. And obviously, this is a program that, frankly, should be getting better with all the focus that's been put on the sport and with the way the sport is played in this country. And I think, you know, when Burhalter, you know, Greg Burhalter returning to be the coach, you know, now has that second wind, if you will. And I just think that he has a chance to get it right. There's no doubt that he's that guy in terms of his his abilities to scheme, the respect that he has on a world level, settling the off-the-field stuff, but he's got to get it right with the Reyna family, and I think he will now. And, you know, clearly the relationships have to change. And Berhalter gets the opportunity. Remember, his contract was not renewed when it expired in December 22 with the investigation taking place into the domestic abuse situation. And interestingly enough, that probe revealed Gio Reyna's family have been guilty in meddling in national team affairs in recent years. Now allegations they blackmailed Berhalter were thrown out. But clearly, they were unhappy with him, and they put him in there. U.S. soccer looked for a replacement, did a long search, but then decided to reappoint Burhalter in June. And some people think that's been a distraction to the team and the process, and that's probably true in retrospect. But now it's settled one way or the other. You know, Belogan announcing he wants to play for the U.S., and still, you keep hearing about Burhalter and Reyna stuff. And that's been a distraction, too. And now they just have to get it right because you got to coexist. And if Reyna is truly that level of player, truly that good, then he needs to play. 
And the coach needs to get over whatever differences he has with the player. Because, again, I just think that this is a situation where you, know, you don't have to love people. You don't even have to like people. But you can work together and make it work well. And they've got a talented roster. They've got a world-class keeper. They've got international players up front from an attack perspective. They have to generate more goal opportunities than they did in the Gold Cup. And they have to be more consistent in the back, which has always been you know, a bit of an issue for the national team. But I think they have the ability to do that. And now with the coaching situation settled, you get the right players on the pitch and put yourself in position to be able to win. I think that that would be you know, the way to go. And obviously, this team has potential. But to ever enter them into the conversation with being a threat on the international stage, I still think it's another cycle. I mean, I don't see that right now for 2026. But I don't think it's unrealistic. I think that young talent that's being developed now is better than we've seen ever. And I think that's a testament to the sport itself and how it's been perceived, received, and how it's been coached. And the fact that more and more of your better athletes at a younger age are getting into soccer in the United States. Because let's face it, American football, American basketball, American baseball are always topping the heap in terms of attracting the best athletes. And they're the primary sports. But soccer has grown over a period of time. It's gotten better and it's put itself in a position now to where the American side has a chance to be able to be that kind of side that everyone can be proud of, that everyone hoped it could be many years ago. Getting there now, international level players, MLS has gotten better, and now you're getting the greatest player in the world coming to MLS, and he's not over the hill. That's pretty special. Facilities in MLS have gotten better and better. The play has gotten better. The commitment's gotten better. Oh, how I wish we could get something like that in the New Orleans area, but dream on, <laughs> nowhere near occurring, and that is unfortunately factual. All right, we'll take a time out here. It's 504-260-1061. The second hour of the Three Tailgater Show begins following this brief timeout. Lenny Van Gilder of CrescentCitySports.com will join us as well. Look forward to that. We'll do that on the other side of this as we continue here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and on the web we're at NashFM1061.com. Broadcasting from the Dudley DeBosier Studios. Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune in radio app, we are WRKN. 1061 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. The second hour begins. It's the Three Tailgaters Show on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and at CrescentCitySports.com. Be a part of the show. Call 504 260 1061. Back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. The second hour begins at the Three Tailgaters Show here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and at NashFM1061.com. Again, Ed Daniels now busy with his 7 on 7 event. Nothing but the best there at Haas Memphis and Joe Yenny Stadiums. College baseball was an epic week for LSU baseball. Dylan Cruz is a Sullivan Award winning semifinalist right now. And of course, LSU announced it led the nation in attendance once more, over 11,000 a game. 
and that's happened 25 times now, uh, basically almost every year uh, since Skip Bertman's heyday uh, back in the early to mid-90s. And, and then last but not least, of course, the Major League Baseball draft where 13 Tigers were selected, the most of any school in the country, and tying a record overall in terms of the most picked in a draft, especially with the 20 rounds, uh, with the draft having been shortened a few years ago. Joining us now to talk about that, our good and great friend from CrescentCitySports.com, Lenny Van Gilder. Lenny, always a pleasure. Welcome. Good to be with you, Ken. Well, let, let's start with the the Sullivan Award, because this is presented to an Olympic athlete or a collegiate athlete. We're talking about every sport as the top guy. I mean, is there any likelihood that Cruz could get this, or would it be a long shot? Well, anything is possible, as we've learned from LSU baseball this year, and he's been... Uh, you know, obviously, and it's, you know, he and Paul Skeens have been, you know, one and two in a lot of conversations all, all year long. It just depends on, uh, you know, what your, uh, what your cup of tea is there. You know, Skeens has won some awards. Cruz has won some awards. The, you know, the fact of the matter is with Cruz is he's a guy who's in the lineup every day, uh, does it every way possible, uh, you know, is, is, that, is really that five-tool guy. And, uh, you know, and, and – and takes care of business off the field as well. So, uh, you know, he's, he's a well-rounded, um, you know, person and, uh, and student-athlete out there. Uh, so, again, it, I guess, you know, see how it plays out. But anything at this point, as we've learned this year with LSU baseball, is possible. Yep, look, he's good. And obviously might have a lot of Nationals fans now. Cruz goes to the Nationals first round and Gavin Dugas to the Nationals sixth round. And I communicate with my good friend Jim Hickey the Nationals pitching coach, and he's checking them out, asking about them. They were interested in Skeens, obviously, but couldn't get there with Pittsburgh picking him. But uh, Jim's telling me he thinks Cruz can be their center fielder by next year. He, he believes that. Uh, they've got Robles in center field. He's not very good. And where Dugas is concerned, he's a dark horse. He's a young man that he, he's tough. He hits for power for his size and has a chance. So pretty good. I think those two guys are have a chance. I mean, on the upside – I certainly think Skeens and Cruz are obvious in terms of their abilities to translate. Ty Floyd is a late bloomer of sorts with the way he's come on uh, and the way he's improved his secondary pitches to go along with his fastball, which is you know 95 to 97. And then maybe the, the sleeper would be Jobert because I don't know if he's going to sign or not, but to last as long as he did, he strikes out a lot, particularly against left-handed pitching, but... He hits for power. He's got a great swing, I think, that will play anytime, anywhere. I think he might have been the you know, the sleeper guy, the value pick. Uh, whether or not he signs remains to be seen. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, Christian Little announced uh, you know, late Thursday that uh, he was coming back for another year. So they'll, they'll get one guy back. And, you know, when, when I was pinch hitting for you Wednesday night uh, on All Access, Ron Higgins and I talked a lot about that, about some of those guys that may have gone on day three. Uh, how many of them exactly would come back? And I think there will be some. Um, the, the concern I have with some of these guys is what is their position? Uh, you know, the guys at the top we know. I mean, Cruz is a center fielder. I don't think there's any question about that, who's obviously good enough to play the corners as well. But he's got center fielder skills. Trey Morgan is an elite first baseman, but who knows? Does he have to play a corner outfield spot depending on uh, you know, what the status is in the organization. Obviously, you've got three outfield positions. You only got one first base position. So, uh, what, it, what does it take? You know, does does 
playing first base perhaps uh, you know block him from getting there. And I know you had an extensive chat uh, with him on Monday night about that. So you know, but then then you get to a guy like Dugas. Where's what's his position? Okay, uh, you know he's a guy who can play a number of things, but maybe isn't you know an an elite defensive uh, player wherever he ends up on the field. But his bat can compensate for that. So that's some of the things that I think go into these things to see how fast they go up. Of course, you know, people down in New Orleans and Louisiana, you we got a football mindset, and we got to remind ourselves this is baseball. You're not going straight to the major leagues. The guy is probably getting there first as Skeens because he's as close he's as close to being major league ready as maybe anybody we've seen in college baseball in the last ten or fifteen years. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all. If, if he's in the Pirates' bullpen in September, if not sooner, okay? Uh, Cruz, would be, Cruz would be the next one. Obviously, that's a harder path because of everything that goes into playing the game every day. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, see, how it, we'll see how it plays out. The, the good thing I like about the changes that they made, I'm not crazy about the draft being exactly when it is, although it is better than some of the alternatives. But these, you know, I, you almost feel for the for the professional side of things. They got two weeks to sign these guys. That's it. I mean, it's if you don't sign by a week from Monday, you're going back to school. So the from the college end, uh, they'll know pretty quickly who's who's making it back to campus next year. Money Van Gilder with us talking about the LSU players drafted, and yes, I think some come back. I think LSU made out pretty well in terms of its signees as well. Those that that got drafted or didn't get drafted or with regard to those that are going to attend LSU, I think they made out very well. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, the, the one guy is certainly uh, is certainly gone. The first pick, the catcher signee from uh, from Texas. There's mm-hmm. no doubt there. But a guy like Cam Johnson, you would have thought going in, there was a pretty good chance that he was gone. You know, left-handed pitcher, and he doesn't go until the very last round. Uh, the catcher, of course, is Blake Mitchell, who got drafted eighth overall by the Royals, but. Uh, you know, it looks like Cam Johnson will make it to campus. Now, the one thing you got to remember is this: with when it comes to this, obviously, the professional teams have a pool to work from, and if all of a sudden they realize they can't sign a guy, they may go throw some ridiculous money at a guy who got picked late. So it's not a done deal until we get to a week from Monday. But you would think at this point that. Johnson, who's the, the the best of the guys coming in, in all likelihood, has a chance to uh, to make it to campus in Baton Rouge. I think he's probably the most notable uh, with regard to making it in terms of what people expected. I don't think many expected him to to get there, but I think he will. Now, the transfer portal alive and well. Uh, LSU's landed a couple, but some of the primary guys we we don't know about yet, and a few have gone elsewhere and yet this isn't over yet uh, you know we, we're finding out now at the last minute here as it closes where guys are going to end up but by and large LSU has made out pretty well in the transfer portal I wouldn't say great but pretty well no I agree they have done they have done well probably helped fill some needs and that's what you really want to do with the portal and obviously it's changed the recruiting game I mean I think you're seeing less and less time spent recruiting high school seniors and you know more as a result you need to spend some time trying to fill some needs in the portal and be able to to remain competitive year after year uh you know i think there were a lot of people in baton rouge that were hoping that uh, chase burns from tennessee would end up there and uh you know 
Tom Walter, Wake Forest, obviously what they have done from the from the pitching side of things up there with developing arms and look, they ended up, you know, a program like Wake Forest, obviously they this didn't just happen overnight, but they had the second most players taken in the draft with ten in a twenty round draft, and they got some guys who weren't even draft eligible, much like LSU did as well. I mean, obviously, you know, had Tommy White been draft eligible, he would have you know, he would have added to that list. Uh, you know, you look at, you know, you look at a guy like like the Tulane transfer, uh, Michael Massey at Wake Forest. Where would he have gone this year had he been eligible? He might have gone in the top two or three rounds with the with the numbers that he put up this year and the the ascent that he made. So, um, you know, a, a guy like Burns who touched 102 this year. I mean, he's you know he's a guy that you know if he continues to improve and you know the they they get him in the uh, you know, they, they get him in the lab up there and, and do some things to him. He's a guy who's got a chance to be the number one overall pick in the draft next year. Yeah, Wake Forest is positioned very well to stay at the top of the heap as that type of program. I know a lot of people thought, well, I mean, it's a one-year deal. I don't think so. I think they're absolutely positioned well to be that type of team. All right, so Tulane had, you know, its best pitcher selected. Talk about that, if you will. Yeah, Dylan Carmouche, not a surprise at all there that, uh, you know, and, and, and just based on age and things, like, I would think he's gone, 15th round pick. Uh, that that does uh, that would not surprise me if that's the, uh, you know, if, if he does not come back. But he's the only, you know, he was the only guy taken. So, um, and, you know, as a, as a result of that, um, you know, they, they should be in pretty good shape. You know, they've, they've, made some you know some smaller moves in the portal you saw where uh you know where where Thatcher Hurd's uh, younger brother um you know was at Loyola Marymount I believe is is transferring to Tulane uh you know some other guys there as well from some you know from some different places and uh yeah obviously they've got you know they've they've done pretty well on on the high school front especially in Louisiana which is an interesting you know point of emphasis with uh you know with Jay Ullman as opposed to some you know, some of the previous staffs that have been through here that maybe didn't, you know, emphasize Louisiana and, you know, Southeast Louisiana recruiting as much. Uh, and I, I think that will help. And obviously, look, those guys, you know, in a lot of cases coming from good programs know how to win and know what it takes to, you know, uh, what, what baseball is like in these parts. And, uh, I, you know, obviously family and friends will help put butts in seats as well. Quite a few Louisiana products from different universities were selected in the draft process. We expected that the University of Louisiana would have a couple of players pretty high, and that took place, but that wasn't the only one. McNeese pitcher getting picked, of course, uh, Northwestern State with selections. This was pretty good, by and large, for Louisiana products. Yeah, I was, look, I, and I know there's less of, you know, less of an emphasis on high school guys. The only thing that did surprise me is only three high school guys from Louisiana got taken and none of the first 10 rounds. Um, you know, Carson Rockefeller, if you've had a chance to watch him at all, I mean, he's he's a really nice player who's got a chance, uh, you know, to maybe, you know, maybe fast-track some things and might be the next Raging Cajun to make it to the major leagues. Uh, you know, he was a he was a second-round pick, I believe, number 66 overall. And, uh, you know, so he's, he's got a chance to – you know, to, to maybe do some things there. And as a guy, in terms of the, the players coming out of Louisiana, not uh, not from LSU, he would be the one guy to really watch out there. We look ahead with college baseball to next season. We mentioned LSU. We mentioned Wake Forest, of course. 
I, I think if you look at the rest of the spectrum in terms of what teams are going to be there, you look at the College World Series teams, you know, Florida's still Florida. TCU figures to be good again. You know, I think Tennessee will be good again. Now, what about some of the programs to look at for next year in terms of being national contenders from your perspective? Well, uh, you know, I think you got to look at some of the ones that maybe just missed this year. Uh, you know, there is certainly, uh, you know, that's certainly something to, you know, uh, schools like Arkansas. I mean, they're good year in and year out. I, I think, you know, Tennessee maybe broke through this year after not getting there uh, last year. You know, and then you've all, the other look, as, as we've seen, how fast things can change, okay? Who were the who were the teams that finished 13th and 14th in the SEC this year? Ole Miss and Mississippi State, okay, who won the last two national championships before LSU. So, yeah, there there you go. It's uh, Things can change in a hurry, and you've got a chance in a sport like baseball, uh, especially with the portal now, you've got a chance to ascend and descend uh, very rapidly if you're not careful. But I think you've got to certainly look at the – you know, the 28, 29 schools that make up the ACC and the SEC, and you start right there with your conversation in terms of, uh, you know, where the 18 from Omaha could be, you know, and then you've got your other, you know, your other possibilities, the Texases, the Stanfords, you know, along the way who can, uh, you know, who could perhaps do that, and you never know. It could, could somebody, you know, could some other outlier pop up in there. It's the one thing about baseball is uh, – you know, what's the old saying? Momentum's as good as your next day starting pitcher. Everybody can run that one arm out there, you know, who can maybe, you know, pull an upset for you in the NCAA tournament. And the next thing you know, you're sitting uh, you're sitting pretty in the winner's bracket. So uh, as we've learned in, in baseball, you, that that, uh, that possibility of somebody just pulling a surprise and, and getting to Omaha can certainly happen. Any concern about the revolving door with the LSU pitching coach situation? I mean, a new pitching coach coming in yet again. Chris Johnson going to Georgia, and look, it didn't present any issue this past year, and I would suspect that Jay Johnson's made another good hire there. No, I agree. I mean, I, I you know, Nate Yeski's a guy, you know, and obviously there's, you know, there's some connection there, and he was at, you know, he was at Arizona uh, with Jay Johnson, and then before Johnson even took the job at LSU. Uh, Jim Slostagle took the job at Texas A&M, and he brought Yeski over uh, there. So, uh, look, it's it's an arms race, pardon the pun, okay, with uh, when it comes to pitching and it, when it comes to staffing, and it's it's like everything else. You talk about what Wake Forest has done with the pitching lab. That's a lot of investment and resources and what they've done there. LSU, A&M, a lot of these other schools are doing great jobs investing in their staff. I mean, you see. You know, Terry Rooney, who was an assistant, uh, you know, originally at LSU under Paul Maneri, gets hired this week What is as like an associate director of, of player development, okay? Uh, these staffs are growing, and, uh, you know, they're, they're getting these other resources that they need to, one, allow these head coaches to do their jobs even better, two, to be able to uh, – improve their player performance because you've got additional people on staff that can work with them. You know, you know, don't forget it wasn't that long ago and you basically had two full-time assistants for a 35 man roster out there. Now they're able to do some more things 
that they were not able to do. Uh, and, and obviously, look, with the, the almighty dollar being what it is, they've got the resources to be able to do some of the other things to create an even better experience uh, when these young men step on campus. A solid year for University of New Orleans. Tulane, of course, shocked everyone winning its conference tournament. Dillard in its first year winning a conference and Xavier's program there. Suno starting a program. Nichols had a great year winning the Southland. Southeastern's changed coaches. Its previous coach is now at Memphis. There's a real emphasis in college baseball, just to wrap up this conversation, right? Oh, no doubt. Look, it's uh, the one thing that, you know, you go back to Ron Frazier and Ron Polk and Skip Burpin here. Okay, people are realizing now that if you invest in baseball, you've got a chance to turn it into a revenue-producing sport. Okay, baseball is... College baseball is, is, a, is a popular sport out there. It's popular on all of these campuses. That's why you're seeing, you know, millions upon millions of dollars being spent on facilities at you know, all of these places. Improvements continuing to be made. You can't just rest on your laurels. You've got to continue to improve. And, you know, you're, you're, seeing, these, you're seeing these schools, even not just at, you know, the Power 5 level, but, you know, further down the line, doing things in terms of staffs and in terms of uh, the other ancillary things that go with the program to make it even better, Uh, you know, in in, in putting those dollars into it because you've got a chance in these parts, obviously, because the one, the one advantage that schools in in this part have, as opposed to other parts of the country is weather. You know, you could be playing the sport of baseball 12 months a year down here. And uh, so you, you know, if you're getting players from Louisiana, you're getting, better players as a result of that and uh look it's uh, you, you see it i mean you know, i think this was the third year in a row we had four schools from louisiana in the ncaa tournament and you know you, you would think you know that can that can bump up down the road to, to five and six once again like we've had in the past yeah i think louisiana is in a great place where college baseball is concerned i think tulane will get better uh, university of new orleans is consistently competitive Southeastern, it will be interesting to see what Coach Barbier can do there. Coach Silva's done a great job at Nichols. You know, we've seen Louisiana Tech have success in recent years. You mentioned Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, and of course LSU. Yep, good place where Division One college baseball is concerned here in Louisiana. Lenny Van Gilder, I guess, we'll take a brief time out. We'll, we'll talk to him briefly about the Pelicans and summer league play. When we return in just a moment, glad you're with us on this Saturday morning. Three Tailgater Show continues right after this brief time out here on Nash Icon 1061 FM. And as always, you can catch us on the web at NashFM1061.com. Cumulus New Orleans has an immediate opening for a digital sales manager. To apply, simply go to cumulusmedia.com, click on Work Here, and then fill out the needed information and career opportunities. This is a highly compensated and exciting opportunity to build and coach your own digital sales team with the support of a great group of radio stations. Simply go to cumulusmedia.com and apply today. Cumulus Media is an equal opportunity employer. 
back is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Billy, your gas light's on. We need to stop and fill up. No way, Jen. Gas around here is too expensive. We can make it a little further. Billy, listen to your big sister. You don't need to drive all over searching for the lowest gas prices. Do what I do and use Upside. Upside? Do you live under a rock, Billy? Upside is the hottest cash back app out there. It's free to download and you get real cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. I use it all the time and I've already made around 200 bucks. You can make that kind of cash back just for buying the gas you have to buy anyway. Yes, I'm looking at the Upside app now and there's a gas station at the next exit offering 25 cents per gallon cash back. Okay, I'm stopping to download Upside and fill up my tank. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code MOST to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, to PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code MOST for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code MOST for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. This is Kevin Mamahat. For most of us, the largest single purchase we'll ever make is when buying a home. That's why thousands of homeowners each year choose to protect their largest investment with Rhino Shield. Rhino Shield is the only international architectural ceramic coating that gives residential and commercial owners peace of mind. Along with our 25-year warranty, our ceramic coating reflects the ultraviolet rays we experience here in Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama, keeping your home cooler with less strain on your air conditioner. And it's more affordable than you think. So give us a call for your free estimate, 504-407-2222, or visit rhinoshieldmidsouth.com. Call now, and you can get the guaranteed protection of Rhino Shield for 20% off the regular price, 407-2222, or visit rhinoshieldmidsouth.com. Don't paint, don't rhino, go Rhino Shield. Never paint your house again, Rhino Shield. When you've been injured in a crash, you've been through a lot. Demand different. Demand Dudley DeBosier. Demand the team who handles the heavy lifting. Demand the team who treats you like you're part of the team. Demand the team who never stops fighting. Demand that your team is Dudley DeBosier. Call us today. The call is free. That's the Dudley DeBosier difference. Call 504-444-4444. That's 504-444-4444. Chad Dudley, New Orleans. LA 2314839. Your weekly forum for genuine, substantive talk with a focus on facts and fact-based opinions. Time to share your passion on the Three Tailgaters Show here on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. The number to call, 504-260-1061. Back here on the Three Tailgater Show on a Saturday morning. And Trey Hand, Lenny Van Gilder of CrescentCitySports.com with us for a few more minutes. Pelicans, uh, one more game in the Summer League. Lenny lost their first game and have won three straight. If you want to get to that playoff slash championship level, you pretty much have to win all your games or you got to win by a large margin. Uh, they lost that first game and got behind the eight ball, won their next three, but they haven't really established the margin that you need to be able to be in that championship discussion. Yeah, and as, as a result, they'll, they'll be in one of the consolation games. They'll probably, uh, it's, uh, you know, you, you, you don't end up in the, in, the, in the final four, but at least you end up, you know, with a chance to go out with a, uh, with a win on Sunday. And uh, look, as it, it's just, again, this is all about player development there. It's nice to get wins. 
but is about player development. It's, you know, we, you know, we just spent uh, the last month talking about the Crescent City Sports Prep Summer League. This is the same thing on a professional level, okay? They're, they're trying to learn about the new players that they've gotten, some of the guys who have been in Birmingham, maybe some other guys they wanted to take a look at, uh, and, you know, see, you know, see what they have. I mean, you know, for, for instance, the game, you know, thir- Thursday night against Charlotte. Charlotte didn't play Miller, the number two pick in the draft, okay? They had seen enough of him, so he wasn't out there. You know, San Antonio only played Wembenyama the first two games of the summer league. They shut him down. They'd seen enough of what they wanted to see there uh, to, to give other guys an opportunity. And, and you know, a lot of people want to, you know, start looking at stats and this and that and the other. No, it's you're looking at other intangibles as well. So it's uh, there's a lot of things going on over the course of this, you know, 10 days that everybody's out in Vegas. It's a great opportunity. It's, you know, it's effectively a... Uh, you know, it's a it's a convention for the entire world of basketball out there. Uh, with the WNBA is playing their All Star Game uh, in Las Vegas tonight, and uh, so as as a result, it's you know it gets everybody in the, you know in the world of basketball together and gives these guys a chance to develop. Obviously, some of the older teammates are going out there as well, supporting some of these younger guys. That's great to see too. All right, so talking about what you've seen. What we've seen in the summer league, I guess, you know, the player. I said going in that there were five players to look at: uh, Matkovic, which has been a mixed bag at best. Carlo Matkovic, uh, Darian Sebron, a two-way player last year, and he's, I think, shown well. Dyson Daniels, who clearly was a focal point, uh, looking at him. EJ Liddell, who missed all of last season, and Jordan Hawkins, the number one draft pick this year. I mean, this roster right now, heading into training camp, is heavy. I mean, there's too many guaranteed contracts and too many players. i got to believe they're going to make some moves because of that group I just mentioned, Lenny, Dyson Daniels, Jordan Hawkins uh, will definitely be on that roster in the fall. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So then it becomes a matter of Darian Sebron uh, and E.J. Liddell. And Liddell got a multi-year deal. So exactly. I'm not so, sure where yes. these guys fit. Yeah, look, I think I think Sebron has helped himself. And you know, could be that guy. Obviously, if you're going to, whatever people you're going to carry at this point, you've got to carry them on very low-end contracts because you don't have a lot of room or else you're you're digging yourself, uh, you know, further uh, further into the luxury tax. Um, but yeah, could some moves happen? Absolutely moves can happen. We we will have to wait and see. Now, by, by all accounts, what Makovic sounds like, he could be, you know, he could be headed back and you know, stash for one more year, and then they'll look to bring him over. Obviously, you got some contracts expiring, you know, and it, and it fits better in terms of uh, ju- just the calendar, if you will. There, so, uh, but but he's but he's looked like he could be a nice player on what we've seen out in Vegas so far. Uh, I again, I think the guy who's helped himself the most in all of this is Sebron. The other guys you mentioned, based on their contract status, they're going to be there. Uh, so. You know, did are there are there guys who, you know, maybe somebody sees some more trade value in or something like that that you've got a chance to move something and get, you know, a second round pick or other assets down the road, whatever the case may be. Who knows? Uh, you know, and then you end up carrying somebody. You know, because that's the thing. You know, you get you say you get these guys here and you end up with you know your fifteen man roster. You've got somebody who you think can play for you a little bit. And all they're doing is sitting on the end of the bench and maybe getting in it, you know, with the occasional garbage time. That's not serving much of a purpose. You want to be able to get them minutes, which is, 
you know, with you know, part of what the G League does for you. So, you know, keeping guys on, you know, having some guys on two-way contracts that you can get to Birmingham and be able to, you know, get some playing time on occasion with, uh, that's important as well. Well, to me, the the biggest, I don't want to say issue, but uh, or disappointment, but the biggest question of the Summer League has been the inability of these players to shoot the three ball because Sebron's at 14% from three-point range. Dyson Daniels is at 11%. And Jordan Hawkins, who was called by the Pelicans brass the best shooter in the draft, is at 21%. I'm not going to put you know, an enormous amount of weight on this because it's summer league. And it's a first look and it's development and getting yourself in playing shape by acclimating yourself to what the game's like and such. That said, shot making is shot making. And that, to me, would be the biggest concern because that's what you need to see more of from Daniels. He has to be able to prove he can shoot it at least respectfully and respectably. And Jordan Hawkins has to be that guy if he wants to earn playing time. He's got to be that 38 to 42% three-point shooter. And, and as for Sebron, he's more athletic, but, you know, 14% from three-point range. That, to me, would be uh, the biggest, you know, non-starter at this point. No, I, I I get where you're coming from, but again, this is what we've seen is four games. Uh, you know, obviously, it's a you know when you get you know when you get in the course of an NBA season, you're talking about way more than four, and it will. Uh, well, I th- I think it'll play itself out. Obviously, we're not at we're not at practice. We don't see what these guys are doing. Otherwise, we don't see what it is that they evaluated leading into it, and, and these guys have the ability to do that. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't fret a lot over what has happened uh, in in four games in Las Vegas, and and some of these guys are, you know, the the new guys. For instance, look, they're going to be some nerves. This is the first time you're playing, you know, professionally, and yeah, it's a different it's a different situation there. When you get into, you know, you get into a little bit of a different uh, flow with a full roster as you get into training camp, uh, you know, those types of things. I. I I think some of the, some of that will resolve itself, basically. Well, what you like about Dyson Daniels is he's had the overall game. I mean, he's he's done it all. He's he's right there points wise, fifteen point three a game with Sebron for leading scorer. He's also rebounded the basketball very well uh, throughout the course of the summer league, six point three boards per game, and then maybe most impressively, six rebounds, or rather six assists per game, I should say, and. Frankly, watching a few of the games, I watched a couple. Uh, had he had players around him that could make shots, his assist numbers would have gone up significantly. So he's distributed it well, which I think is interesting because some people look at him and say, maybe that's your lead guard. And at 6'8", that would be quite a lead guard to have a guy with that kind of athleticism and size to play there because we know he's an elite defender already and can defend multiple positions, much like Herb Jones does. And I think this guy's value is serious, but he's got to develop some sort of shot to keep people honest. No, I, I, I agree on, on all fronts there. And I think he's got a chance to really be, you know, he's got a chance to really be something special potentially. But again, potential means you haven't done it yet. So, yeah. uh, look, it's, you know, it's, it's a jigsaw puzzle, uh, you know, for you know, the administration side and for Willie Green to kind of put this whole thing together and see you know, how it's all going to fit. And, uh, you know, you got to put a lineup together. you got to put a bench together. How does it all work out? Can people accept their rules? Uh, you know, what, 
the, the you know the sixty four thousand dollar question as it's been for the last four years. What's going to happen with Zion? You know, that's you know if he's you know assuming he's ready to go. What's you know where, where does what role does he fit in in all of this? So um, you know it's uh, you know it'll be an interesting jigsaw puzzle to watch and put together over the next few months. Yeah, very much so. And you know as we get set to close out the segment, you know Hawkins averaging twelve a game. He's shown enough to merit. And as I mentioned, the one guy that. I don't know. E.J. Liddell. I mean, they signed him to a multi-year deal. He's an undersized power forward at 6'6". He's coming off a serious injury. I suspect they keep him Lenny and just keep him at the end of the bench for a while. I don't I don't see where he, he fits in. I don't know how he could possibly work his way into the rotation. Okay. I, you know, again, if you do, you know, you do things that, you know, it's like, you know, we remember two years ago with, uh, with Jose Alvarado, okay? You figure, okay, he's an you know he's an undrafted free agent. He looked you know looked nice at different times. You know what? He just he basically forced his way in there and said, you, "You've got to play." Me. And you know, look look what happened. Now he's got you know he's got a multi year deal. He's uh, you know he's a guy who you know basically what he did in his role that you know you know enabled him to go make moves last year and go you know shed some salary as a result of that. Um, because you know, because of what he brought to the table. So again, at this point, you're right. I mean, is is there a, you know, do you see a path where Liddell can be, you know, a contributor in a rotation? Maybe not yet, but I, I certainly think it's there. I mean, he was good enough to be a second round draft pick a year ago. Yeah, I, I look. It's all about relative health. Injuries will dictate. Much of this as to who plays and who doesn't. If they're totally healthy, then it's going to be extremely difficult for anybody, you know, like Liddell or Sebron or guys like that to break through. But again, attrition always has a way of rearing its ugly head. And if that happens, then these guys become factors and could possibly figure in the mix. Lenny Van Gilder, CrescentCitySports.com. Thanks so much for the time. We deeply appreciate it. You bet. Talk soon. All right, Lenny. Thank you. And of course, when you look at the entire picture for the Pelicans, it really is about the health of the team and who's there and who's not. We all know the scenario surrounding Williamson. We all know the scenario surrounding Ingram. Last year, Ingram was playing for a national team now. And we all wish him well, but we certainly hope he stays healthy in the process. He'll get a head start on being in game shape and ready to go by playing in that, but he's got to be in a position where you know he stays healthy. And obviously, this is a guy that figures strongly in what they're trying to do. All the speculation that they might move Williamson or might move Ingram was nothing but that. Was it explored? Well, it depends on what you mean by that. I think that whole scenario was simple in the sense that the Pelicans were willing to listen to any potential offers, but they were not willing uh, or did not exercise in offering players to other teams. I think there's a big difference between the two. If they saw an offer that was worthwhile, if they saw something that was over the top, then they certainly would have considered moving either or Zion Williamson or Brandon Ingram. Neither of which happened. And with regard to Williamson, his value is clearly tied to his health. And right now, it only takes one taker to throw the the moon at him, but at the same time, he's got to go out and prove it, that he can get on the floor for any extended period of time and play effectively for an extended period of time before anyone takes a look at him and says he's worth a massive investment 
Now Antunis will be their center, it would appear again. You know, Zeller is signed. I don't know that that's an upgrade at the backup center position. Frankly, Larry Nance is still there, and you hope he's healthier. C.J. McCollum obviously is there. Trey Murphy III is a budding star. Herb Jones is a glue guy and a really good defender, and they signed him to a new deal as well. Jose Alvarado, who was mentioned previously, certainly a big part of the plans and what he's done and how he's made himself part of this team and a solid part of the team. Najee Marshall resigned as well, and he's a another guy that you know is more of a glue guy, but down the road, he's a guy that if you're healthy, he's not in the rotation, but if not, he's ready to step up and play and help your team. Jordan Hawkins is an investment. He'll get the opportunity. He'll certainly make the team, and how much he contributes really depends on health and how quickly he is able to develop in terms of being able to adjust to the game because he certainly has the ability to shoot the basketball and he has the size you're looking for to be able to do that too. And last but not least, DJ Liddell, you know, and how he fits in again. They liked him enough to pick him where they picked him. They liked him when they picked him and then the knee injury sent him back. He's got a good body. He does some good things watching summer league play, but hard to evaluate right now based upon the competition he went up against and obviously waiting to see just how he's able to improve and adjust and gain confidence coming off of that injury a year ago. I think all those things are relative, and all those things are still to be seen. And, of course, the national team, Ingram, will play there. Then you'll get training camp. Then you'll get the preseason games, and then we'll get a much better idea as to this team and what its makeup is and, frankly, who's available on a night-to-night basis. Because, again, that remains the overriding story surrounding the New Orleans Pelicans, and it will. Until such time as Zion Williamson can play enough games. And to a lesser degree, Brandon Ingram, too. And they are your two stars. We'll take a time out here. It's 504-260-1061. Glad you're with us on this Saturday morning. Three Tailgater Show continues in just a moment here on Nash Icon 1061 FM. And as always, you can catch us on the World Wide Web. We're at NashFM1061.com. New Orleans, the North Shore, and worldwide at NashFM1061.com. Country for life. 1061 Nash Icon. With over 15 acres of cars and trucks at the Lamarck Automotive Complex, there must be a reason. Buying a new car shouldn't be complicated. That's why our expert staff is here to help. I've been selling new Ford cars and trucks since 1970. It's over 50 years. Wow, there must be a reason. With your lifestyle and budget in mind, our finance team works hard to be the best in the business. Only at Lamarck Ford, at the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. When the final horn blows at the All-State Sugar Bowl, the action is just beginning as another jam-packed year of Sugar Bowl activity lies just ahead. With over 55 annual events, including all Louisiana high school state championships, the Sugar Bowl's support of amateur athletics adds up to big fun and big dollars for our economy. From the Crescent City Classic to lacrosse, sailing, basketball, and more, the Sugar Bowl has something for most everyone. For more on the great things the Sugar Bowl is doing, log on to AllStateSugarBowl.org. Sponsored by Allstate, Taco Bell, and Dr. Pepper. If this were a Reese's TV ad, you'd be staring at a Reese's peanut butter cup. And sure, my voice is peanut buttery smooth, but still, you need to see the peanut butter cups, right? No? I can really just say Reese's and you'll go get some? (laughs) Okay. Reese's. 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 Really working, actually. Reese's. Reese's. This, I'm on to something. Reese's. 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 If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron. Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can trust these people. 
They're from here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron. Everybody knows that. Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron. This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a bourgeois. Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive on Veterans in Metairie. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. So you ordered a new air filter for your car. You try to install it, but it doesn't fit. So you take a little bit off the sides. What still doesn't fit? Well, you could try to sit on it. Or get it right the first time with eBay Guaranteed Fit. When you see the check, you know that part's gonna fit. Air filters, brakes, headlights, over 122 million parts. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors, let's ride. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This radio commercial was made to convince you to stop speeding. We can't use siren sound effects on the radio, so we'll use other equally jarring sound effects to get your attention. Like telling you that whether you drive a little over the speed limit or a lot, you can crash just the same. You could hurt yourself or worse, others. I'm at the scene of the collision. And the damage you cause will be beyond repair. See, we didn't have to use crash or siren sounds after all. Speeding catches up with you. Paid for by NHTSA. You're listening to the Cumulus Fish and Game Report with Captain C.T. Williams. Fishing is fun. But safety is foremost. I'm Captain C.T. Williams with this week's Big Fish Report. Now I spend a lot of time finding great spots where you can catch fish, but you need to be able to get there and get home safely while being courteous to others. Louisiana has a lot of fishable water, so there are a lot of boats, and well, nationally, a, a higher percentage of boating accidents. So be safe and prepared on the water, have fun responsibly, and join me, Captain C.T., for the Big Fish, our TV show with hotspots, tackle tips, how-to recipes, and even safe practices while fishing. Every Saturday morning at 5.30 a.m. on WVUE Fox 8 in New Orleans. Have a great weekend. Cumulus New Orleans. Incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Billy, your gas light's on. We need to stop and fill up. No way, Jen. Gas around here is too expensive. We can make it a little further. Billy, listen to your big sister. You don't need to drive all over searching for the lowest gas prices. Do what I do and use Upside. Upside? Do you live under a rock, Billy? Upside is the hottest cashback app out there. It's free to download and you get real cashback for every gallon of gas you buy. I use it all the time and I've already made around 200 bucks. You can make that kind of cashback just for buying the gas you have to buy anyway. Yes, I'm looking at the Upside app now and there's a gas station at the next exit offering 25 cents per gallon cash back. Okay, I'm stopping to download Upside and fill up my tank. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code MOST to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, to PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code MOST for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code MOST for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Want to call an audible? Throw a flag? Call a technical? Review an instant replay? It's all good. Go for it now on the Three Tailgater Show on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. Call now at 504 260 1061. Welcome back to the show on this Saturday morning. Ken Trahan with you as we continue on with the Three Tailgaters show. Of course, the 
New Orleans Saints starting training camp. It's not too far away. July 28th, that's a Friday morning. First practice occurs at 9 a.m. at the Saints practice facility, the Oxford Sports Performance Center in Metairie. And as part of the NFL's Back Together Weekend Initiative, the second practice, which is Saturday, July 29th at 9 a.m., will be open to the public. That's the first one open to the public, Saturday, July 29th, 9 a.m., and it will feature multiple interactive and entertainment elements. People will get a chance to hear about that and see all that in the coming days here. goes without saying. Now, there are seven practices open to the public overall during the course of training camp. And if you want to partake and attend these practices, you have to register online. That's been the case the last few years. So you have to go to NewOrleansSaints.com. That's NewOrleansSaints.com to register for the opportunity to attend the practices. And you can start registering soon. Season ticket holders can begin registering this coming Monday, July 17th. Season ticket waiting list members can register Tuesday, July 18th. And then the third phase is the general public, which can register beginning Wednesday, July 19th. Now, these tickets will be available starting at 10 a.m. each day. Now, we encourage all fans to sign up for the Saints season ticket holder wait list for early access. That gives you the opportunity to get a little bit further ahead in the line. Now, keep in mind that practices are subject to short notice changes and adjustments based on the weather, or if there's a football operations decision made that results in changing this to the indoor facility because anything that happens in the indoor facility fans cannot attend that the only practices that fans can attend would be the outdoor practices so you have several of those public parking will be available in lot b based on availability there will be a shuttle you know the old zephyr field parking lot is certainly available there you know all the restrictions are put are listed at crescentcitysports.com on our story or saints NewOrleansSaints.com as well. And to look at the practices that the Saints have, the open to the public practices are Friday, July 28th, Saturday, July 29th, Monday, July 31st is open to the public. Also, Friday, October 4th, and Saturday, October 5th, along with Sunday, October 6th, are open to the public. Three straight days, the 4th through the 6th of August, public can go to practice and view. Wednesday, August 9th, is closed, but the other open to the public practices on Thursday, August the 10th. Those are open and ready to go. Of course, the first preseason game, Sunday, August 13th, against the Chiefs, the Caesars Superdome. That's a noon game on Sunday, August 13th, the preseason opener for the Saints. Then the Saints will head to California. They'll practice with the Chargers and then have their game with the Chargers on Sunday, August the 20th. Then preseason game number three is on Sunday, August 27th against the Texans, 7 p.m. in Caesars Superdome as well. So that's the preseason look. That's the schedule look. And that is, of course, the, the practice look and the opportunity for fans to get out and attend these practices and have a chance to see their team that they wait to see so often in the high anticipation obviously is still there for so many with regard to the changes that have been made and Dennis Allen 
getting his opportunity in year two to really put himself in position to field his own team with his own staff, more of his own players, more of his own coaches. And as I've said before, and we'll say again, the further you get away from, the further distance you get away from the Sean Payton, Drew Brees era, the better off you are. And that's not to knock those guys at all. To the contrary, uh, nothing but praise and, and appreciation for what they did. They were fantastic. But that's in the past. And like all things in life, you have to move on. If you dwell on the past and you're still too focused on what you may have done then and how you did it then as compared to what you need to do now and how you're going to do it now, you're setting yourself up for failure. And I think we saw that to a degree last year. Co-defensive coordinators didn't work. Some of the staff members carried over from Coach Payton's staff weren't necessarily great fits. And you can say the same thing about some of the players as well. And you can start at the quarterback position, which obviously they needed to upgrade, and they did. So I think the fact that Dennis Allen is a year down the road and has more of his own coaches and has more of his own players puts this team in a much better position to have success this season. And as mentioned before, I think the biggest aspect and you know, every bit as much of a factor in terms of confidence for success this season can be traced to and based upon the fact that the Saints are in a weak division. And someone else is going to emerge. Make no mistake about it. Look, I don't think it's going to be Tampa Bay, but Atlanta or Carolina. One of them will emerge as a contender. One of them will emerge and be better than people think they're going to be. Some people think it's the Panthers because of their defense and putting confidence in Bryce Young. Some people think it's the Falcons because they've got an improved defense and they look better up front on offense and have a running back that can make a difference too. But again, those two franchises are depending on kids. Bryce Young entering his first year in the league, Desmond Ritter entering his second year in the league. I just don't know that you can put an enormous amount of confidence in the ability to translate to victories into very young, unproven quarterbacks. Typically speaking, there's a learning curve. There's an adjustment period. And you have to have good players around you to put yourself in position to be successful. And I don't know that either one of those franchises is at that phase or at that stage just yet. That's why the Saints are looking good. As we talked about earlier, I don't think Tampa Bay is a factor, at least not from where I sit. Yes, they still have some good defensive players, but as a whole, as a team, I don't see the Buccaneers really in a position to win this year, and I don't think they're all that concerned about winning. Frankly, they got their Super Bowl victory with Tom Brady. Now they're back to starting over and rebuilding and putting themselves in position to get that next franchise quarterback in Caleb Williams, as Ed mentioned earlier in the show. I think that's accurate. So, Again, the enthusiasm surrounding the Saints is all about the second year of a head coach adjusting, getting more comfortable, getting more of his coaches, getting more of his players, hopefully having drafted well to be able to put himself in position to be successful in a division that is very winnable. And I think that's where the Saints sit right now. And frankly, in a conference that's not great, it's pretty good, but not as good as the other. And the opportunity may be there if you can stay healthy, knock on wood, and get off to a good start especially when you have seven of your first 11 games on the road, then good things could follow for the 2023 New Orleans Saints. Looking forward to it. Gets underway in a couple of weeks with training camp. We'll take a final time out here, and we'll return with a final segment in just a moment of the Three Tailgater Show on this Saturday morning. Rudy Dixon, our producer. I'm Ken Trahan, and we're back in just a moment here on Nash Icon, 106.1 FM. And as always, you can catch us on the World Wide Web at nashfm1061.com. 
Many times during these last few years, it's been quite easy for all of us to be discouraged at times. <laughs> Boy, I can tell you about that. But one thing I have learned, there is an answer that will keep us strong during trying times. This is Michael Green with a LifeGate word of encouragement. In one of the parables, Jesus tells the story of a seed that was planted into soil. And he said, and immediately the evil one came to steal that seed. Well, as you read it a little bit further, you realize the seed is the word of the Lord. Hebrews 4 tells us the word of the Lord is quick, powerful, and sharp. That's the key. That's the secret. And during these trying times, I don't see how we can survive without the word of the Lord in our hearts. Protect the word. Read the word. Stay in the word. That will keep you strong. Join me and Linda this Sunday at LifeGate. We start at 10 o'clock. We're at 1317 Butternut Avenue in Metairie. Or check us out on Facebook, LifeGate Church Ministries. Join us at LifeGate, where the priority is the word. Hi, I'm Chad. And I'm Steve. And together, we're Dudley DeBosier. If you've been injured, you deserve Dudley DeBosier, so you demand Dudley DeBosier, the official injury lawyers of the New Orleans Saints. And the only law firm in Louisiana with a no-fee guarantee. That means you pay nothing, no fees, cost, or expenses, unless we get money for you. Dudley DeBosier, home of the no-fee guarantee, backed by the black and gold. That's the Dudley DeBosier difference. Call 504-444-4444. That's 504-444-4444. Chad, Dudley, New Orleans. Dudley 221 Diamonds Direct's Midsummer Savings Event is happening right now. With an extra 20% savings, an expanded selection, and in-store designer appearances. Take an extraordinary 20% off Diamonds Direct's already unbeatable prices. On rings, earrings, bracelets, bands, colored gemstone jewelry, and thousands of engagement ring mountings. Meet the designers who've flown in with all new collections for the summer. The best savings, the best selection.